Well, good morning. It's so good to see you today. Thank you for choosing to worship God with us here at St. Mark's. It's a busy season, and I pray that you will be blessed for having made time to worship God in our midst today. Uh, the title of the sermon today is Setting Expectations, and this passage of Scripture comes from Luke's Gospel, the second chapter, verses 41 through 52. I confess to you that I can't read this story without thinking about an experience from my childhood uh, about when I went to vacation Bible school one year. Now, my mother was one of those people that was always volunteering in the church. And so that was especially true of vacation Bible school. She always volunteered in the arts and crafts activities of vacation Bible school. And so we all went to vacation Bible school on this one particular day. But as I recall, my younger brother got sick. And so he needed to go home. Well, my mother went to the volunteer bus driver uh, for our vacation Bible school and said, look, I know Tommy's not on the rider list, but uh, I'm having to take my other son home. Uh, would you mind making sure that he gets home after vacation Bible school? And here's where we live. And so he said, absolutely, I will make sure that Tommy gets home. Well, it wasn't too long after that, apparently, that the bus driver received a phone call saying that he needed to come home rather quickly. And so he asked another volunteer bus driver to fill in for him. The only problem was is that this new bus driver didn't know me and didn't know where I lived. And so he's going down his little bus rider list getting everybody safely home when all of a sudden he realizes that there's still one boy left on the bus. And so he calls me forward and he asked me my name and I told him and he said, well, you're not on my list. And I, I didn't know. I, okay, so what? And he said, well, tell me where you live. And I said, Pulaski, Tennessee. <laughs> And he said, could you be a little more specific? I said, Pulaski, Tennessee. <laughs> and so this guy decided to just drive all over our little town asking me if I saw any sort of landmark that might help him to know that, oh yeah, that's where you turn to go to my house. And we did that for what felt like forever, and, and, and he didn't uh, get any help from me. And so finally he decided maybe we ought to go back to the church and see if anybody's still there, and if they're still there, do they know where this little boy lives? And so that's what we did. And fortunately, there was another person still at the church when we got back from that drive all over scenic tour of Pulaski, and, and he knew where I lived, and so the volunteer bus driver put me into his own car, and he took me home. Well, unbeknownst to him in these days before cell phones, my mother had decided that since I hadn't come home in the amount of time that she thought I should have been home after vacation Bible school, that she would put my sick brother into the car and she would go back to the church to see if I was still there. And so probably at about the same time that she shows up at the church only to find all the doors locked and no one there, I show up at home home with all the doors locked and no one there. 
Now, fortunately, it all worked out, and eventually I was found, and eventually we, I got back home. But you can, you can be sure that my mother's expectations were unmet that day, and that when things didn't happen the way that she thought that they should happen or that she thought that they would happen, she was anxious, she was fearful, she was upset, it was an awful, awful few moments. Well, you can see how that sort of ties into our scripture lesson today, can't you? Uh, Jesus and his family have gone to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. You know, there were three feasts that you were expected to go and celebrate in the holy city if you could make it at all. And, and one of them was Passover, the other was Pentecost, and the third was the Tabernacles. And so if you lived especially far from Jerusalem, you got a free pass on two of the three, but you really were expected to make the journey to Passover celebration in the holy city. Now you right remember that the Passover celebration came as a result of God liberating the Israelites from bondage to the Egyptians after 400 years in slavery. And, and when God liberated these Israelites, uh, God did it by saying that he was going to, um, the angel of death was going to visit everybody that was in that place at that time. But if, if you were in bondage, if you were an Israelite, that there would be a way for God to pass over that house and move on to the next house so that you'd be safe. And so this Passover celebration was their way of celebrating how God had saved them and God had liberated them. And every year they were supposed to go back and do that. And so Mary and Joseph and their family made that faithful journey to Jerusalem where they celebrated the Passover. And then on their way back, there appear to have been some unmet expectations. I expect that Mary thought that jo Jesus was back in the back of the caravan with all of the fathers and the older boys. That was her expectation. And I expect that Jacob thought that Jesus, or Joseph thought that Jesus was with Mary way up in the front of the caravan with all of the young children. And so they had these expectations that when they arrived at their camping place for the night, a whole day's journey on their way out of Jerusalem and going back home to Nazareth, that they realized that Jesus was nowhere to be found. And all of a sudden, there was this anxiety. All of a sudden, there was this fear. You don't have to be there to know or to assume what might have happened next. I suspect at first there was just shock. Where is Jesus? Does anybody see Jesus? And then there was probably denial. He, he has to be here somewhere. There is no way we made all the way a day's journey from Jerusalem without anybody knowing where this child is. So there was probably some denial. And then don't you think there was some blaming? Look, all, you had one job, to watch the Son of God for one day. I mean, really, is it that difficult? Why in the world did you let, your, let us down? And, and then there's probably some, some shaming involved. Well, if you hadn't have been talking about the Bethlehem football team and where they were playing in their bowl game, you would know where our Son is. And then there was probably some crying. 
and some fear and some frustration. What are we going to do? Where do we begin to look? How are we going to go about finding him? And so they had to turn around after traveling an entire day's journey. And they, they travel all the way back to Jerusalem. And then according to Luke's gospel, it takes them another whole day before they find Jesus. And when they find Jesus, you don't have to imagine too much to understand all of the wide range of emotions that Mary and Joseph must have been experiencing in that moment. There was relief that they found Jesus. There was anger, like, what are you doing? Why didn't you tell anybody where you were? You know, there was this, there was this frustration of why didn't we think to look here first or all sorts of emotions that they must have been experiencing. And don't you know that as a part of the conversation, she Mary, when she went up to Jesus, said, I expected you to be with your father, and your father expected you to be with me. And then Jesus sort of said, well, I have my own expectations. I had to be in my father's house where he was asking questions and where he was listening to the rabbis teach the word of God expectations, they can oftentimes lead to frustration, can't they? I mean, just there are several things that I think we can reasonably expect just from reading this text that we've read today. One expectation uh, is, is that if the parents of the Son of God can get stressed out and worried and frantic, there's a good chance that you and I will have times in our lives where we're stressed out, where we're worried, where we're frantic, where we're overwhelmed. Another expectation that seems clear to me that we can expect from this particular passage is that if Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, can do things to worry and drive his parents crazy, guess what? You and I can too. And then there's one final expectation that seems to me to come out of this particular passage. And that's that even when expectations don't occur the way we want to, even when our expectations are unmet, we can still grow in wisdom. We can still grow in stature. And we can still look back upon those experiences and sort of treasure them in our hearts because they helped make us the people that we were destined to become. And that certainly seems to be the case here in the Scripture. Expectations. They can cause such great frustration. And yet, expectations can also create great transformation. If you don't set some expectations, you'll never uh, enter into the life that you'd like to live, that you want to live, that God wants you to live. And yet, if you set expectations, sometimes you're going to be frustrated by those expectations being unmet. And so as we pause here at the beginning of a new year, reflecting back on the year that was, it might be a good idea for us to spend a few days, maybe even a few weeks, trying to discern what expectations we set for ourselves. 
Expectations that may end up frustrating us because we don't live into them in the way that we would like to live into them. But expectations that have the potential to lead to transformation and to a life that's better than we could have ever imagined. And that's when I go back to this text again. One of the expectations that Jesus had said, Did you not know that I had to be in God's house worshiping? And what if that became one of our expectations in the coming year? To be more committed to making sure that we're present in church unless we're sick or unless we're out of town. And then it says that Jesus was in a small group, if you will, listening to the teachers and asking all sorts of questions and what might that look like if that was one of our expectations to plug into a small group whether it be a religious small group or just a a hobby group or or something so that we could begin to grow and learn and be transformed by the renewing of our minds what if we set the expectation that we were going to try to honor a Uh, a a date night with our spouse you know we used to be so intentional about doing those things and then over the weeks and over the months and over the years we've just kind of lost sight of of going out together and doing something fun and spontaneous or or even planned that something that's going to add to our love bank what if we did that what if we Uh, just decided that we were going to take time at the beginning of the day or the end of the day to just uh, practice a little mindfulness. What might God have been trying to say to me today? Or what might God be trying to communicate to me as I begin this day? It's a great time for us to think about our expectations. And yes, some of them will frustrate us, just like happened in the text this morning but some of those expectations will lead not to frustration but transformation and it will make us more like Christ and it will make us better people better friends better family members better disciples may God give us the courage to set good expectations. Amen.